Hi, everyone. Welcome to the MBA Insider Podcast. I am your host, Al D, and the author of MBA Insider. This podcast is for career-driven professionals looking for advice on how to grow their careers by leveraging the skills, experiences, and knowledge gained from an MBA degree. In each episode, I'll give you a look into the business school experience, along with practical tips, career advice, and real-life stories to help professionals grow their careers. Welcome back to the MBA Insider Podcast. My name is Al D, uh, the host of the MBA Insider Podcast, and I'm excited today because I have Presney Blackman and Alexis Murray, uh, two uh, MBA students from the University of Texas McCombs, uh, class of 2021. Uh, so depending on how you want to look at it, uh, either second years or soon to be second years, but pretty darn close. And I'm so glad to have them here today um, to talk a little bit about their um, experience at McCombs and just business school, you know, in the climate of right now. And I've gotten to know these two students over the course of the past few months, and I'm just really glad that they're here, here today to talk with me. And I guess maybe just to start, and uh, no one who's listening can see this, but I can, uh, I'm looking at them on screen. So Presney, I see you first. Um, so thanks for being here. So why don't you give me just kind of your name and background and um, why you came to business school? Sure. I am Presley Blackman, originally from Cincinnati, Ohio. Before coming into business school, I was an account manager for Dow Chemical Company and DuPont. I originally wanted to come to business school so that I could hone in on my leadership skills and, and develop that overall business acumen. I was also looking to understand what a career outside of sales could look like. Um, and also very interested in tech and entrepreneurship. So that's why I'm here in business school. That's great. Thank you so much, Presley. Uh, Alexis, uh, would you mind sharing about, a little bit about yourself as well? Sure. Uh, my name is Alexis Murray. I'm originally from Baltimore, Maryland. Uh, before business school, I was living in Washington, D.C., working in healthcare marketing for a smaller firm that supported independent physicians. Um, and I really focused more on content marketing in that particular role. And um, during my time there, I found that I had a lot of different skills that I thought were really valuable, but they were really limited to healthcare. I'd only worked in healthcare kind of throughout my, the early part of my career. And I really wanted to pivot into the tech space, try something new, kind of expand my skill set and just, you know, have different experiences than the one I previously had. And so um, that really motiva motivated me to go to business school. I also do want to own my own business at one point. So it's obviously important to have that different perspective when thinking about potentially being an entrepreneur in the future. And that is why I came to McCombs. And um, yeah, I've enjoyed my experience as far. That's great. And just as a follow-up to both of you, uh, maybe we'll start with you, Alexis, because uh, you just were on this. Uh, so why why McCombs? Sure. Um so my business school decision was probably not as organized as um, I would recommend other prospective students to, or I would recommend for other prospective students. To be honest, I lived in DC before and I was pretty close to my family. Um, I, in proximity, they're, they're still in Baltimore, but also just very close with them. And I was pretty much set on going to school in DC. I was like, this is where I'm gonna go. I don't wanna leave my family. And I actually took a trip down to Austin. I applied to McCombs because I knew McCombs was really big with tech. I knew that's where I wanted to work. Um, and so just thinking about what schools could help put me in the right position. 
And I took a visit down to Austin and I absolutely loved it. I had already been to Austin before, so I kind of already knew that I was a, a big fan of the city, but also really a big fan of the people that I met. I think that business school is a really good opportunity to take two years to really reset and think about your life in a, in a much larger scale of like, what do I want to do? What's important to me? What am I good at? What am I not good at that I want to be better at? Like what fulfills me professionally? And it's just like a really unique opportunity that most people don't have in their adult life. And one of the students shared, um, you know, this is a good time for you to reset and try something new. So just think about that as you make your decision. And I, that really, and that really, really helps me to think about like, what do I want to do with these next two years? And for me, it was about having new experiences, being around people who I felt were really kind and supportive and helpful. Um, and then also being at a top school that was going to put me in the right you know, put me in the right spaces to, to get the internship and the opportunities that I wanted. And Macomb's really fulfilled, you know, that fulfilled kind of all three of those things. I absolutely love being in Austin. Um, I really love everyone that I met. Everyone was so incredibly supportive and helpful. And also um, just the experiential learning opportunities and the connections that Macomb's had for tech were just really, um, really important. So those, those sort of three factors led me down to Austin, which was not what I planned, but I'm really happy that I did it. That's, that's great that it worked out. And Presney, how about yourself? You know, why did, why did you choose McCombs? So Alexis and I, we always laugh because we have very similar paths. We went to the same undergrad university. Um, we're both working in tech right now. Similar to her, I knew that McCombs was a big tech school um, I knew that all of the big tech companies came and recruited out of Macomb's. Additionally, I had some entrepreneurial ideas, um, but not necessarily an entrepreneurial spirit. And so I really felt like being at Macomb's would help me to get a better sense of the business that I want to plan. And um, we have a lot of resources around entrepreneurship, which really spoke to me. I also liked Austin, of course, that's a big draw, an easy draw, great place to live for two years or more. Um, similar to my undergraduate, UT is just such a big school with a large alumni network. And so to be able to tap into that alumni network was very important to me because I've seen how it's paid dividends to me uh, with my undergrad. And lastly, I felt like the class size was perfect for me as well. It gave me an opportunity to get to know many of my classmates and also um, just be able to step into leadership roles because with less than two or with less than 300 students, it's pretty hard to hide. And so I knew it would push me out of my comfort zone. No, I think that's a really great point, particularly about going to a smaller school in terms of number one, you do, it is small. So you, you, you do know everyone and, or at least in theory. Uh, but number two, it does give you ample opportunities to get involved and be engaged if that's what you choose to do. And on that notion, I uh, would love if you could talk a little bit about presently, maybe some of your leadership roles on campus or at least your most prominent one. Yeah. So my most prominent role um, as a leader on campus. I serve as the president of our Graduate Business Council, which has been an awesome opportunity, albeit very different than I had expected once we really hit March 2020. Um, but 
I have done a lot of thinking about how I wanted to serve my classmates. The big thing we say at McCombs is to leave it better than you found it. And so I felt like there was an opportunity for me to do that. And um, that's what led me to become president of our council. And I'm having a great time and this is my favorite leadership experience so far. That's great. And I, I love that saying in, in terms of being able to contribute in a meaningful way to the community and in a way that moves it forward. And I think that's such a great, mm-hmm. a great motivator. Uh, Alexis, what about you? You know, what, uh, what are some, uh, what's something that you're involved in or, or something that you have a leadership role in? Sure. So um, right now I'm the president of Black Graduate Business Association, which much like not, I have very different responsibilities than Presley does, but I think that the role that I took on is very different given the time that we're in right now. Um, To be honest, I thought that this would be something more around community building and around, um, you know, how do I support our black students and kind of this experience of business school, but it's been elevated much more given a lot of the um, you know, racial unrest that we're living through and, and kind of serving as a voice to kind of push the program to think more about diversity and inclusion in a more meaningful way. So that's certainly been a unique experience that I'm thankful that I have, but I certainly didn't anticipate, I mean, obviously can't anticipate what has happened, uh, particularly during the summer. Um, so that is probably the role that has taken up the most time recently. Um, but I am also um, part of marketing fellows, also with Presney. I have a VP of strategy, which is just kind of helping us think about how to really like craft the marketing fellows experience. Sorry, I should probably explain what marketing fellows is. Marketing fellows is a uh, fellowship that, that focuses on partnering students with these different projects that are set by clients. So we have clients come in and they say, hey, help me with this real world problem. And we present different solutions to them. And so these are, you know, real companies with real issues. Um, We have different sponsors like Wendy's or like Sam's Club that, you know, we get we get the chance to interact with, which is really awesome. And that's actually one of the huge draws for McCombs is some of those fellows experiences, because the opportunity to sit with, you know, the CMO of Wendy's is just like not a thing that you have every day. Um, and so for that particular group, really focusing on just kind of crafting the right experience and, and what additional kind of education or programming or speakers can we bring in that really speaks to what our fellows want to learn in that particular year. Um, and then I feel like I have, oh, I forgot, sorry. I just it's been a while since I've been in school. Um, and then my last one is also something that has kind of morphed in, in beyond what I thought it would, which is um, the VP of Ally Engagement for Graduate Women in Business. Um, that particular role is actually a co-VP. So I partner with a male student and we kind of think through how do we better engage men in graduate women in business? Because even though it, the name has women in it, it's an organization for everyone. And I think that we're also now thinking about how do we think about gender identity in a more meaningful way beyond just the traditional male, man and woman. Um, That's just not the reality that we live in. And so that's also something that is different than what I anticipated, but has also been really um, meaningful and, and really interesting work to do, particularly during this time. So those are my main involvement. So it sounds like both of you just have all the time in the world and aren't doing too many things at all. Uh, if anything, actually, it's quite actually the opposite. And I think both of you alluded to the fact that 
you went and chose these opportunities and experiences and then 2020 happened and the slew of things that um, occurred over the past few months, whether it was obviously COVID-19, um, you know, the killings of George Floyd uh, and Breonna Taylor and the like. And those are certainly have impacts on society, but they've also had impacts uh, on the business school community or the local communities that you serve. And so, President, I want to start with you because you were the first one to mention it. Um, so you step into this role and uh, some of these things start to unfold. And you know, what was that experience like? You know, take me back to maybe March, I guess, uh, and start there and you know, stepping into this leadership opportunity. And how did you have to respond? And, and what was that experience like for you? It was a very challenging experience starting in March 2020 for myself and all of my classmates. We really just didn't know what the heck was going on. Um, you know, we had gone on spring break and, and things were getting worse. And then um, there, we just kept seeing different cancellations, uh, especially in Austin, South by Southwest, for example. So it just became a little bit more ominous as like every single day went by. And of course, um, our administration was working very hard to figure out a solution for us. And we ended up extending spring break by a week. And then we got the notification that we would finish our semester virtually. There ended up being quite a bit of unrest just through the unknown, but I felt like my job as our president, as one of the leaders in our class was to really help calm the concerns and refocus on what was important, which was the health and safety of our classmates, our partners, our families, um, in trying to make the most out of this experience. We talked so much about how we can really spin this and talk about this during interviews. Um, it's going to be hard now, but think about all of the learnings and all of the new skills and agility that you'll have after this is over. Um, of course, not necessarily knowing that it would last well into the summer and now we're going into the fall soon. Um, but all in all, it was, it was challenging, but I'm proud of my classmates because in the end we have come together and, and we've made the best of the situation. I think the, the way that you positioned it in terms of looking for the opportunities amidst all the challenges is a good way to look at it. And I agree with you that I think it is the right way, but certainly can be hard in any given moment, particularly when it does feel, in some cases, like legitimately exactly. the world is, is ending and, and falling down. Yeah. And so, but I, I do agree with you that I think that is the right approach. And, and I, 100% in terms of you know, someone someday is going to be in an interview and someone's going to ask a question of, you know, talk about a time when you had to go through a difficult period or talk about a time when you ended up having to do something that was entirely different from what you planned. And they're going to look back to, you know, these couple months and someone's going to talk about how their internship got uh, rescinded and they had to find a new opportunity or someone's going to talk about how they had to plan this conference that is now virtual and how they quickly, you know, scrambled to do that. So I, I think... I think that is absolutely kind of like the the right approach. Approach, um, Alexa. I want to Alexa. Sorry, I want to go to you and ask kind of like the same question. You know, um, you know, obviously COVID, but as you mentioned as well, um, a lot a lot has happened, and more so uh, prominently around some of the uh, racial injustice that has long existed in America, but has been brought to light, particularly through 
uh, a number of the more high, higher profile killings of you know George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and Amar, Ahmaud Arbery. And so, you know, in your role, um, as well as just a, as a human being, um, I'm just curious if you wouldn't mind maybe sharing just um, what the past couple months has been like and, and how you've been able to to kind of manage through that. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> manage through it is a, that's a good question. I don't know if I'm, I, I can't sit here and say that I've done everything that I've wanted to do or accomplish everything that I wanted to accomplish, but I Maybe think you lived of, through it or just navigate yeah. through it or journey yeah. through it is a better, is a better, yeah. uh, a better way to say it. Yeah. I would definitely agree with that, that phrase of live through it because I, I think that what is challenging about this time is that there you're layering this on in addition to a pandemic, in addition to a lot of uncertainty around business school and internships and jobs, you know, full-time roles, hopefully for next year. And so it just feels like a lot of things kind of fell apart at the exact same time. Um, I think my first concern was the, the health and the well-being of our Black students. Um, oftentimes during these periods where we're having a lot of these conversations, which are great, it's often on the Black student or person, whomever, to have that conversation and help guide that conversation. But that's incredibly draining. And it's incredibly draining to look at Black people be killed repeatedly, knowing that it's not because they're a bad person, it's because they're Black. And as a Black person, that's hard to digest. So first, just looking, it's like having these conversations is taxing, looking at this on social media is taxing. And so my first concern really was like, are you guys okay? Like, take the time that you need to not have some of these conversations to get off social media to spend time with family and friends and safely but also like in a way that kind of replenishes your spirit and like your energy so that was like really my first priority but I also think this was a great opportunity to have some larger conversations with the um, program office with um, students just kind of around we're talking about really big topics around like police brutality, but there's a whole system that enables police brutality. And that system, like we are all a part of, right? Like we are all either living in it or subject to it. Um, and how do we, how do we make change in our own little piece of it, whether it's at the business school, whether it's in our workplaces, whether it's in our personal lives that have a positive effect on our larger society. And so we tried to have a lot of those conversations around, um, you know, we're living in Austin, for example. Austin is known for really being heavily gentrified and pushing out a lot of communities of color. And to be honest, people coming to the business school aren't technically helping that, right? Like we are, we don't, this is, we're visiting. We don't live here permanently. How do we bring in a sense of respect for communities that frankly are not ours and, and be a part of it and not like negatively contribute to it. Something, you know, thinking about how the University of Texas um, had some prior um, strategies in place that really kept out black students and how that's like transcended even after that ended, how that's kind of affected uh, black student enrollment even today. Like having a lot of those hard conversations around like, what role do we all play in this um, issue of systemic racism and like, how can we, how can we actually make meaningful change? And so having those conversations was really helpful. I think that we still have a lot of ways to go, particularly in the business school program that we're in. I think that there's still a lot of things that can be done in terms of 
um, you know, just better diversifying MBA programs. It's a huge kind of area that really we're not making a ton. And it's not even just McCombs, it's just the MBA world in general. Um, how do we better support black students? How do we, um, how are we more mindful of like what that experience looks like for black students when you're one of a few, um, anytime anything happens related to race, like that burden typically falls on you. And so like, what is that, like that, what does that experience look like and how do we alleviate some of that burden that is put on students of color um, when they are the significant minority? So having all these conversations has been really, really helpful and it's been really, really meaningful, but it also is very tiring. And so it's been finding that balance between trying to use my role and my voice and my experiences in a helpful way to shed light on issues that frankly could be solved, but also finding the balance of like, I have an internship, I have a life, there's a pandemic going on, how do I still care for myself as well? So that, that has really been the challenge there, but it's also been a really incredibly rewarding experience and I'm really thankful to like have the opportunity to have some of those conversations. Thank you for sharing that. I think you shared a lot of great um, insights and and also just for you know sharing your thoughts and ideas and feelings around um, a challenging time and a couple mm-hmm. of things that really stood out to me. So I think the first thing that you said, which I 100% agree with, is that I think that um, a lot of what you're describing in a lot of ways are um, uh, the issues that we're talking about now have long existed before mm-hmm. you know, these past few months. And even for some of the ones you talked about, um, they have downstream implications, even if you as an, we as individuals may not think we play a role in them today. To your point, uh, there were issues many years ago um, with the school, um, you know, not necessarily being as open to uh, black students or students of color. While those, maybe those policies or things are not in place anymore, those have downstream implications uh, today, right? Um, Mm -hmm. The, you know, maybe we don't, individually play a role in, um, you know, you know, uh, some of the other policies that exist in the world, like redlining, right. Or like affirmative action, right. but they all intertwine and they all connect together and you start to see them. Uh, you, you start to see how they have, you know, implications. And I look at something like to your point of, you know, people, students of color and particularly, um, uh, black students in, in MBA programs. And I look at, I look at programs like the consortium, which are trying to, um, uh, promote and encourage more of that. And, they have been doing a lot of good work for a really long time and it's great with what they're doing, but uh, it's bigger than just that, right? Because then you have to think about like the actual workplace in and of itself, which uh, students from business school are going into, right? And the role that the, the barriers that exist there. And so it's while these things are coming to light in various pockets, number one, they're intertwined. And number two, uh, even if some of the things that were really challenging in the past have been quote unquote fixed, um, they still exist. And what that means is that we all have to play a role in figuring out how we're, how we're individually going to um, uh, work through that and, and, and contribute to solving that. And that was the other thing that kind of highlighted to me that you had mentioned. Um, when you join a community um, or when you come to a community, and I saw this too when I was at UNC Kingdom Flagler, because Chapel Hill very much is a college town, just like Austin is a college town. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you're not like, you, you can take the approach of you're there for two years and you leave, but I do think that, you know, when you become a part of the community and you sign up for all the benefits of it, like you also sign up for uh, taking a role in, 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 in uh, to what you both were saying before, like making it better. Right. And, mm-hmm. and finding a way to improve it. And so 
Um, and then the last thing I was just going to say is that, and I think that's where the, the challenge, but also the opportunity is, right? In terms of, it's clear both of you have found ways to uh, find ways to play a role in improving it and moving it forward and contributing to making it better. But also you got to take care of yourselves at the same time, right? And so it's, uh, I always just say, I, I appreciated the way you broke it down because I could start to see uh, both the opportunities that exist, but also the, the challenges um, as well. Um, President, I want to go over to you for a second and talk a little bit more just about, um, so Alexis talked a little bit about just how she navigated through it and how she was responding. But I would love to hear a little bit more just about how the McCombs community in general has responded. And I remember seeing um, a couple months ago, there was, there was a town hall that was put on um, as well as, you know, some other meetings and things like that. Uh, but I'm just curious, you know, from your perspective, you know, what has that experience been like just being in a, an MBA community like McCombs um, while all these, uh, while all these things, um, you know, are happening and, you know, how has that response been? Yeah, it's been it's been challenging for us. I mean, particularly the black students during this time because you know the killing of George Floyd happened and Ahmaud Aubrey, um, and we felt like we wanted to act very quickly. But at the same time, I was in deep mourning and without necessarily even realizing it. So to Alexis's point, it was it was difficult because you wanted to take the time to just reflect and take care of yourself, but you're also angry and you wanted to challenge that anger in a way that would be helpful for the community. Because again, you know, we both look for ways to serve our community and we, our biggest fear now is to have a situation like Amy Cooper for someone to say, this was a McCombs graduate. Um, and so we wanted to do our best to also prevent something happening like that. Um, the George Floyd was killed on May 25th of this year, and uh, the McCombs community came out with a response on June 1st. In the meantime, we felt like it was important for some of us students to act. So we did host an allyship event, which was a very large and heavy lift for us. Um, but really, the what we wanted the students and our classmates to get out of it was to understand how you have been a part of this white supremacist society that we live in. Because if you live in this country, you've contributed um, to the way that this country treats black Americans. Um, but with that being said, like these are the ways that you can continue to educate yourself. These are the experiences that we've had as black students. And um, to Alexis's point, this is also what's going on right in your backyard in Austin. I think it's very easy to think that some things only happened, uh, quote, back in the day, unquote, or um, these things happen only in the deep south or, or certain cities. And so I think it was very impactful to help open our classmates' eyes to, you know, you may not know, but this is how you have contributed to the what has been going on in society, but these are also the ways that you can be helpful. And additionally, we created book clubs after that so that we can keep the conversation going. And I think that was very helpful for those who 
wanted to do the allyship work and the anti-racism work. Um, and we also have had some classmates raise their hand and uh, want to continue the conversation through uh, team, Microsoft Teams, um, allyship chats and channels and different things like that. So, um, you know, that was one of those moments where it was the darkest time of 2020 for me, but also a time where I felt very grateful to be a part of this Macomb community because our classmates really showed up to our allyship event that we kind of put together in, in less than a week and we had over 200 participants and so to think that this was the summer where you know we're basically the only class that's at Macomb's right now there's 270 of us um, it, it meant a lot to us that our, our work was being noticed and people really do want to do the work. That's, that's great. And, not, and, and, uh, and um, it's great to hear and to see the community come together and rally like that. I'm curious, President, what was it like in that week of trying to plan that event? Just kind of like what was going through your head or, or how did, you know, it's tight timeline, a lot going on in some respects, pardon the phrase, unprecedented, but you know, what, <laughs> what, what, what was that like um, going through that and, and make, you know, making decisions and, and coming up with ideas and, and the like. So there was a committee of uh, five or six of us who planned this event. So first off, just reinforces the strength in numbers. The more people you have, the less burden it is on one or two people to do all the work. Uh, because we had so many people that, that raised their hand, this wasn't just black students, but we also had allies who were very helpful. Um, some of our black students we reached out to didn't have the mental capacity at the moment to do that. Um, and so a lot of our allies stepped in, which was great. Um, I started my internship on June 1st. And so ever since then, I've really hit the ground running if I could sum it up into one word, I would probably just say a lot. Uh, it was it was a lot to plan, but it was also very energizing uh, working with Alexis and our other classmates because it helped to strengthen our bond, and and we knew that it was something that our classmates would appreciate. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Alexis, I want to chat. Uh, go to you for a second. Um, President talked about it a little bit, but I think you hit on it a little bit as well. And just the importance of allies and, and allyship, right? In terms of being able to play a role in this um, and being able to contribute to uh, moving moving the needle forward and making progress. And I'm just curious, from your perspective, you know, what are some examples where you have seen, you know, good allyship? Uh, or people really step up to support uh, support the cause? Yeah, um, I think particularly around that time, we saw some really great examples of strong allyship. Um, the members of EQUAL, which is our um, MBA organization for LGBTQ students, quite a few of them are non-Black students, and they organized a fundraiser pretty quickly. I mean, it had to have been uh, maybe a three or four day fundraiser where they raised thousands of dollars just asking people hey you know we're in a pandemic so the kind of activism that we can do safely is a little bit different but we can donate our money we can you know 
actually try to help out different organizations that are on the ground, that are making meaningful change. And so seeing them kind of organize that so quickly was a great display of allyship because they didn't ask anybody. They didn't say, hey, what should we do? They really just took it upon themselves to do the research, to figure out the best organization to contribute to and to get the word out. So I would say first, like just really organizing in that way so quickly was really impressive. I also think like taking the time to really educate yourself. I hosted a book club um, for white fragility and we had some really great conversations. I mean, really like conversations that you wouldn't typically have about um, different experiences between black and white people or why something that may seem really innocuous is actually can be, um, can be kind of harmful to anti-racism work, like really having meaningful conversations. And I think taking the time to have those conversations and to put yourself outside of the comfort zone and to really, you know, just say, I'm going to ask the question, even if I may get a a harsh response, like I'm going to take the time to just ask it and to actually educate myself. And so I've seen a ton of my classmates really demonstrate allyship by just simply wanting to take the time to learn more. And I think that they've been able to have much more nuanced conversations now because they have a deeper understanding of, to your earlier point, how everything connects. Like you may think that that, that problem over there has nothing to do with me and it absolutely does. And taking the time to educate yourself has been, I think, very eye-opening for a lot of our allies who are now like, hey, that actually has a lot, like I actually do have an effect or, or my actions do have an effect on that issue that I previously like had no idea about. Um, And I think that also having that knowledge really helped us when we had um, our recent election in Texas. Um, And it it allowed our students to really think more meaningfully to how am I uh, going to be a positive contributor to this community that I am living in by being more educated about who I'm voting for, what I'm voting for, and what the impact of my vote means. Um, and then I would say the last display, the la- not the last, but another example of allyship really displayed from our students is um, a lot of them did go to protests and a lot of them did um, kind of post certain things on social media, share the word, share different petitions, share, I mean, really just keeping this top of mind. And I think that that was really, um, really important because we're all on our phones all day. Like that is a really a great opportunity to educate and engage people around this work. And I've seen a lot of our students really step up in that way and really want to not, not to simply say it's up to black students to kind of share this and to handle this, but to say, I too am going to take this on and try and educate those around me. And, you know, the reality is, is they probably are reaching people who we don't reach all the time. You know, our networks are oftentimes built by people. They're oftentimes built with people who look like us. And so they're probably reaching communities that a lot of our black students aren't reaching. And they're probably sharing ideas with people who may not see that from, from black and brown people um, who they may not have in their network. So I think just the ability to kind of branch out and not, not put the burden on the people who are directly affected by it, by ta- but by taking that on yourself and sharing it more broadly um, isn't something that I've seen a lot of our students do and a lot of our allies do. And, and I think that they are, you know, really engaged in that. And I, and I certainly appreciate them for that. No, and, and thank you for sharing that. I think those are all really great examples. And, you know, to me, I think one of the things that stands out the most is that, you know, part of the value of higher education in general is the ability to push yourself to learn and, and grow in new ways. And so 
this is just fundamentally just, I think, in my opinion, just part of what you sign, what you should be signing up for when you choose to pursue, you know, a higher education degree, like an MBA program. I also think that while programs are certainly not diverse enough, uh, for many people, they do expose, uh, they do expose you to other people that you probably didn't know before or from backgrounds that you didn't know before. And so if you're not taking it upon yourself to get to know those people or to, to, to learn about them or to understand their challenges or struggles or opportunities, um, you're, you're missing out on one of the key value propositions of going to business school, you know, in, in the first place. Um, so I, I think, I think those are all great things. And then the last thing I would just say is, um, you know, one of the things that I, I've thought about and what I you know see is that, um, you know, uh, everyone, everyone can play a role and it doesn't have to be the same role, right? It, it can be like different roles. Um, uh, I don't know if you, either of you watched, um, Chris Rock has a stand-up special on Netflix called Tambourine. Um, and like part of the reason he came up with it is his analogy is, is like in marriage, like it's kind of like being in a band and like, sometimes you're not the singer. Sometimes you're, you're just off the side playing the tambourine. Right. And so, and, and I kind of think about that for, for these, uh, for this fight, right. You know, sometimes you're not the lead, you don't need to, if you're an ally, you don't need to be the lead singer. Like you don't need to, mm-hmm. you don't need to be on vocals. Like you can play a role um, that isn't front and center. And in fact, I would argue that you, you, you shouldn't be playing necessarily at times playing a role that's front and center. You can, you can be the one mm-hmm. that plays the tambourine off on the side and that can still be valuable and that can still contribute. Um, so that, those are just some of the things that as I was, as you were talking, that came to my mind. Um, President, I want to go over to, to you again. Um, so, you know, I think that at this point, every company and their mother has come out with some kind of, you know, statement about whatever they think they need to say. And I'm just, you know, yeah. kind of curious, you know, from your perspective, um, you know, what are your, what are your thoughts on these? Like, you know, what, what do you see that is that where you have you know optimism and where do you see maybe where you have concern or pause? I, like everyone else, have gotten millions of emails from companies saying that Black Lives Matter, we're listening, we hear you, all those different kinds of things. Um, and solidarity is great. Um, donating to organizations is also great. I However, I think that is just not enough because, you know, the core of Black Lives Matter really started um, with police brutality. So really, Black Lives Matter means that Black people are human. Okay, thank you for acknowledging that. Now what? You know, uh, thank you for saying that we see Black people um, are human, but now So what can you do to advance Black lives? And that's what I really want to hear. Um, I feel like I am missing that from a lot of companies. And and I often wonder how many non-DEI people, um, I won't even go so far as to say sit in the C-suite, but um, what about our, our people leaders who are above that middle management threshold? I would love to see that more talked about in companies. Companies have a tremendous power and responsibility. Um, They can absolutely advance Black people uh, beyond just donating to organization. Um, I'm super impressed that 
those who are kind of on the ground have done a lot to keep brands and companies accountable. Um, but I also want to continue to see what they have done and what they will do, particularly brands that do a lot of business with black people. Um, for example, luxury brands. I mean, those are promoted significantly through black culture and black music, uh, Nike, or even other businesses where black people are really the engine when you think about the NBA or, or the NFL, uh, companies like Hennessy, very important to black culture. I think, um, and even if that isn't the case, pretty much every company who has a sassy brand voice on social media has benefited from black culture, right? I mean, why do you think we hear and see brands saying, oh, this is lit, or, or we see uh, kids in Gap commercials doing the dab or, or whatever? Um, so even if, even if you realize that black people aren't a significant part of, of your brand strategy, Pretty much every company has benefited off of American black culture. Um, and so I think that solidarity is great. Saying that we, we hear you, we stand with you is great, but there is really so, so much more that can be done, um, especially coming from the MBA perspective. You know, we're looking at it from a corporate lens and, and when you go on these interviews and you get into these companies and you realize that um, it, it stops at middle management or even before that, um, those are the kinds of things that companies can very, very easily do if they put some thought to it. And so I want to see more of that. Yeah. Um, no, I, I think that, I think that's incredibly well said. And, and as Two uh, MBA students who will be graduates. Um, you still got a year, but soon enough. Um, I'm optimistic that you both will help contribute uh, to helping drive that change. Um, last question to both of you just before we, we wrap here, and thank you so much for joining today. Um, so we, we kind of like the start of this conversation, part of it was just a taking on kind of new roles uh, in leadership roles under uncertain uh, a time of like kind of uncertainty. And both of you will be, starting your second year pretty soon, um, just wrapping up your internships. I'm just curious, you know, um, what are you thinking or perhaps, you know, what advice do you maybe have for, you know, your fellow classmates who are coming back to their second year? Um, certainly these past few months have been um, uh, challenging, but uh, you're kind of on uncharted territory in the sense, you've, number one, you've never had a second year, but number two, um, this is a, it's definitely a little different than you would, would have thought. And so I'm just curious, how are you thinking about, you know, really trying to approach this year and, and try to, you know, make the most of it or, or perhaps, you know, what advice might you have for others who are maybe, you know, struggling to think about, well, like what, you know, what do I do with this, with this year? How, how can I respond? And maybe presently, I'll start with you. Cause I'm looking at you. Hey, continue to go into it with your eyes wide open. Our classmates have really shown that they're able to learn. I mean, we're all getting our MBA, so we're, we're lifelong learners. We've shown that. A lot of our classmates have just gone down so many rabbit holes on how this country has been to Black people, and, and they're outraged, and it's great to see that anger. And so now as we move into 
being the leaders of our classmates. We're the leaders of the school now. How are we going to act? Who are we going to surround ourselves with? Um, the NBA community, it's small or big, you know, it sometimes gets kind of like high school. And so what, what are you, what is your personal brand going to be now that you've spent the summer doing all of this learning and all of this anti-racism work? Um, that's kind of like step one. I think step two now is, is action. And so kind of like you mentioned, it can be little things or it can be big things. Alexis and I have encouraged our classmates to broaden their social circle. Um, that's one thing that you can do so easily. And that's not just with the underrepresented students. Um, that's also with students who are from maybe areas of the country where we don't see a lot of students come from. Our international student um, population, I think as sad as it is, the more you know people, the more human you see their race um, and the more you just feel like you can relate to them. Um, and so my my hope is that we can really do a lot better than we did our first year and all become one Macombs community because that's how we'll advance forward. Thank you. Um, Alexis, how about you? Same same question. Any more? Any thoughts you want to add? Um, I might. So I definitely agree with everything Presney said. I'm I'm thinking about through the lens of COVID because I think that that is a huge stressor for everyone. I mean, every person on the planet. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my, how I'm approaching it, I guess my advice would be is like to still try to make the most of the experience and still find appreciation for what we do have. I think it's hard when you can compare it to what you expected so if we like knew nothing about the second year, we'd be like, oh, who knows what's going to happen? But we have second years who told us how their second year was, and we saw them live out their own second year. So obviously ours is going to be very different. But I think that I really think about how hard the world is and how thankful I am that I can still be in a space where I can learn, where I can grow, where I have access to a lot of opportunities and resources and people who want to help and want to see the best for me. And so... I think that we're all in a period of uncertainty that is very frustrating, but trying to make the most out of that time and to still make the most out of these connections. To Presney's point, the whole point of this is to get to know people outside of your own kind of limited purview. And so even if we can't all be in a big room together, there's still ways to build connections. There's still ways to learn from other people. Like there's still ways to make the most of this experience that is still incredibly unique and valuable and something that not everyone gets to do. Um, And so I think that's how I'm trying to really approach my second year, understanding that like I have no idea when we'll be in the building, how often we'll be in the building, how many people will be in the building. Like we don't know any of that information, but it's still a great opportunity and a great program to be a part of um, and, and making the most out of this second year, despite all of the chaos that we're living in. And just being thankful that I have a structured program that I can still really benefit from and learn in um, and, and graduate hopefully as a, as a better person from. Great. One of the things that I, when incoming students ask me about whether or not they should come to business school, I, I kind of tell them one of the best things that you can have in a time like this is, is to have community and people mm-hmm. that you're connected to. 
and a community that cares. And it sounds like that is absolutely the place that, or the thing that you have at, at McCombs and also what you both are contributing to. So thank you for that. And thank you so much for joining me on the NBA Insider podcast. I so appreciate you taking the time to share your story and some of your thoughts. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, everyone. LD here. And thank you so much for listening to the NBA Insider Podcast. If you liked what you heard, make sure to head over to Apple Podcasts and to write a review. It will only take 15 seconds. I'd also love to hear what you've been listening to on the podcast and any suggestions you have for how we can improve. Find me on LinkedIn or head over to mbaschooled.com backslash podcast.